Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. to Startup Business Q&A episode 172. This week we are talking about building online groups. Uh, there was no poll this weekend, uh, just because I thought I'd give you guys a break from it. <laughs> Nothing other than that. And um, this week is going to be really interesting because I know a lot of people want to ask a lot of questions about Facebook groups, uh, but there's nothing to stop you asking about other online groups as well. Uh, thank you. Wow. Everyone for all the great connection, sorry, great questions that have come through, quite a few already. And if you have any questions on building online groups, then feel free to jump straight in um, and ask them in the questions. So we're live right now on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn as always. Uh, in addition, if you're watching uh, or you want to watch the replay, you can always watch uh, on those platforms. It stays up or you can watch on IGTV if you're on Instagram. And of course, there's the podcast available from therichardmore.com. So you can check me out on the website there. Um, I'm really excited to do this one because I just give you a bit of background. Back in 2016, I think it was, I started my Facebook group. I think it was 16. Ugh, I don't know. It was, it was four years, actually. So it must be 2015. Um, I started my online group, uh, which then became the Entrepreneur Business Group, which is, of course, where I host the Entrepreneur Business Live events and so on. But it's also been a really good place for doing uh, great work, uh, understanding and like really cutting my teeth on how to build community and things like that as well. So um, I've got a lot of experience doing it. And what I really am pleased about is the group I've built is one where I haven't I haven't kind of growth hacked in the wrong way. I feel I've done a really good job of building it organically. So I feel I've got plenty to share there. It isn't the biggest group. It's just over 4,000 people, which isn't huge. But in terms of its engagement, I feel like it's doing quite well. Um, so I'm, I'm pleased to be able to share a lot there. Just want to shout out everyone who's jumping in. Jedi Hill, nice to see you on Facebook. Raisin Chu, Devon Scott as well. Good to see you, my man. Uh, Raisin, thanks for watching from all the way from Singapore. Uh, Jason Harbour on Instagram. Gabrielle4831 has joined as well. Hello, waving to you. Uh, and many others too. And let's just uh, eventually, as uh, usual... Uh, <laughs> The, the troublesome problem child of online um, live streaming is uh, is LinkedIn, of course. Uh, and I'm live there as well, so that's good. Um, so thanks everyone who's piling in there. So if it's the first time watching, uh, this is week 172, every Monday at this time, so 8 a.m. EST. Let me get my microphone on, I forgot about that. 8 a.m. EST or um, 1 p.m. UK time, we have uh, this entrepreneur, sorry, this startup business Q&A um, show. About eight questions a week, so we're getting quite a few of them, and I think we're onwards uh, to almost getting about 1,500 questions answered over the last three and a half or so years. So I really appreciate it. The only reason there is a show is because you bother, you lot bother to firstly show up, but also to actually ask things as well. Uh, so thank you very much for doing that. If you're watching right now live, could you put in the comments where you're watching from? Okay, so what city you're in and also hashtag team live. I always do a little bit of an audit of how many are watching team live. Or if you're watching as a replay later on, put in where you're from and also hashtag team replay as well. Um, also, show me a show of hands. Give me a heart if you're in a group right now or give me a thumbs up if you're in a uh, if you're not in a group now. So it's the thumbs up if you're not in a group and uh, and a heart if you are in a group. So just bang them out on the platforms and have a look. And yes, what a clever way of getting hearts and likes on your stream. Right. But the more we have activity, the more people will engage and we'll see. We'll show that it's actually on. Uh, so thanks everyone for watching. Uh, Rick Hogan, see you watching from Philadelphia. 
Uh, and we nice to see uh, Chef Mike Don Pedro all the way from Sydney, Australia as well. So it's amazing. Uh, meanwhile, Brandy Holloway is watching from Virginia and Jedi Hill live from Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks very much, guys. So if you have a question on building online groups, do fire away uh, in the comments. Hopefully that's everything plugged in and tech is on. Uh, Purve, uh, Sonia Darby, good to see you as well from Chicago. Let's hop into the first question, which comes from Ian Tisker. What is your thoughts on LinkedIn groups? Is there any traction at the moment? Well, look, let's get this really clear. The key thing about groups is that there's always traction if you do them right, like with anything. You can make loads of money off myspace.com if you do it properly. But typically I find that um, I've built or worked with uh, LinkedIn group building several years ago and we did very well. And the reason why we did well, I believe, was two reasons. And this is really uh, kind of your main takeaways for building groups I've found. One is we curated the content every day to make sure the right uh, kind of content was going out, more on that in a minute. And secondly, we were fussy about who joined the group. So at the time it was a headhunting uh, uh, business we were at, but the group I remember was uh, related to healthcare. And the guys running it in the, in the company really did, did a good job of focusing the content specifically on a particular function within healthcare and inviting only people in who would be interested in specifically that, so had that job function. So it was a very rich pool of engagement. That community, they did an amazing job and it gave them the opportunity to kind of uh, uh, offer jobs there as well. So they were very fussy about not letting people in who might be trying to game the group or something like that. Um, I think that... LinkedIn groups don't tend to show so well on, on the news feeds. Um, I personally think if you're going to join a, a builder group, it might be you do better on Facebook, but that's just my experience. In my opinion, it's not so much the platform, it's how much work you put into it. And if you, it's the same as with anything. If you give people a reason to show up for something, they will show up for your group. Because if they're getting great value and it's a great kind of watery, a water cooler kind of chat space and you're hosting a good party, there's no reason why they wouldn't want to be involved, right? So um, again, more on that later in terms of strategy, but um, it's not a case of if, if they're no good or not. It's a case of what are you doing in them? Plenty of, I mean, f there's plenty of people who make a living off coaching how to make Facebook groups and they make great money off it. Um, but it's because they don't know how to do it properly. In the same way as some people are millionaires and don't use LinkedIn. And then some people who aren't uh, millionaires who do use LinkedIn. And it doesn't matter. It's about how good you are at doing it. So um, the technique is what matters here, uh, Ian. But good question to kick us off. I just want to do a few more shout outs. Uh, Karma PT, nice to see you uh, on here. Thanks for watching on Instagram. Uh, a car can S as well, underscore S, Cam H. Schmidt. Gosh, it's always hard work with the, with the names. And uh, Diana from Melbourne as well. Good to see you. Uh, Steph's Wallets here. Uh, Makai Ullas as well. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining in. Um, and uh, over on uh, Facebook as well. Um, nice to see you here. Michael Tolbert. Great to see you here, my man. Thank you very much. Um, over on LinkedIn, which is woken up, we've got Steve Davis from Marrakesh. Not the Steve, no, it's different Steve Davis, uh, not the snooker player in Morocco. Uh, Brian Roy is here, nice to see you. Um, Adjaro2 is watching from Benin in West Africa. Uh, Katrina Kurt, hello Richard, uh, good to see you, good to see you too. John Bishop here in the UK, nice to see you and thanks for coming to Entrepreneur Business Live last week. London was a real success, I have to say. Last week was a fantastic success. The last London event of the year, uh, we raised £200 on the night 
for Drive Forward Foundation as well, who we're going to be working with again at that location for next year as a charity, as a charity partner. Next week on Thursday the 21st is exciting. We have uh, Entrepreneur Business Live LA, so the first ever LA event um, uh, and in fact, the last US event of 2019 before we finish the following uh, two weeks later in Ottawa uh, on the 5th of December for the for the final event of the year. So thank you very much um, uh, for those who are hosting that. Uh, Patrick running LA uh, tickets available on the richardmore.com and Nadine running the uh, the Ottawa event uh, in the first week of, of December as well. Next question on online groups. And if you have a question, put it into the uh, comments. No problem. By the way, if you are in a group, give me a thumbs up. No. <laughs> if you're in, in a group, give me a heart. If you're not in a group, give me a thumbs up so we can see if you're in one or not. It'd be interesting to see this. Next question from Austin Liang. Lang? Lang. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Um, sorry, Austin has asked, Richard, how do you build the initial momentum of attracting new members to the group? Well, look, ideally, eventually, you want it to be that, I think I feel I get this, which is that um, there's sufficient people talking about your group that it brings people in, which is what you want to map to, right? You want it to be in a place where it sells itself and there's good reputation and so on. But certainly uh, in the at the start point, the best way to get the right people visiting and, and, and joining your group is to go and get them manually. It's the same with any building of community, sitting and waiting. Even polishing the group and putting out lovely content talking about it isn't as effective as, go I say this all the time, getting down from the throne and going to go and get them. So get into the playground, go and see where people are who might be relevant. If I was in a group, if I was building a group, I would be looking first and foremost to look at my inner circle of people I know, so connections I have. Who are the people that I know already that could join my group? Who would be relevant and the ones who buy into me who are bought into me you know who are like they think i'm a decent bloke who follow my stuff for instance or you're into my content or whatever it might be they're the people want to target first and if i have a paid group i might let a first five in for free just to kind of warm the thing up a bit because what you don't want is for people to join a group and go oh this one's silent there's nothing going on here right so it makes much more sense to have a close group of people who can say look dudes i want you to start this group you know be the founding five people with me all i need is some contribution are you cool with that and if you pick the right people they will be um in terms of attracting new members to the group um you know it's, it's worth incentivizing so two things incentivize the members in the group to bring new people in so give away or whatever it might be i often give away a lot of money in my group or uh, i give away money a lot of the time i should say uh, or I, I give away books and different things like that just to kind of give value beyond the here's some value in a post kind of thing um but the other thing is is as i say is going to people maybe you go to other groups go to another group and just or, or connect with other people get talking if they seem to be interested in what you're doing well then share that there's a group you don't have to hard close people they should be reasonably keen on you and then it's not difficult to say hey join check out the group um there's nothing wrong i feel in going to other groups to get people to join your group because the truth is it's not like you can only go into one group you can go into as many as you like so why wouldn't you go to places where people are already decided on being in a group you can see if they're active members or not and then you can share that there's another group on the same platform that can help. The other reason why it's worth going into groups to get members for your group is because groups tend to be focused on niches. So if you have a group on, you know, 
um, Apex Legends, if you're into gaming, then you go to groups on Apex Legends because you know that the seam of people there is going to be a very rich one that you can mine through. Got it? So it makes sense to grab, uh, uh, you know, one of a better phrase, fish in a pool where you know it's going to be a target-rich environment. Uh, so that's the kind of the first things I would be doing. But very quickly, you want to be mapping back where people are like, oh my god, I need this guy, I need to be in this group, I, I'm hearing all about this thing. So get, get in a position or, or produce the kind of content or environment where people are like, wow, I need to be part of this thing. Also, another great way to attract early members, Austin, this really worked for me, is that uh, there's two actual things here. The first one is to make sure um, that your URL is uh, a simple one. Not the randomly generated one, but actually a decent URL. Mine is, for instance, on Facebook, slash groups, slash entrepreneur business group, which is the name of it. And um, also make sure your group name is a very searchable one. So originally my group, way back in 2015, was named after and supported a course I'd launched. So personally, I feel that was a little bit too short-sighted, actually. So it was called Eight Step Startup. And people were like, well, what the hell's Eight Step Startup? And certainly no one's searching for that kind of thing. And they only joined the group because I had manually groomed them into deciding to join it. Whereas, um, when, I, when I pivoted it to Entrepreneur Business Group, it was like night and day. It was literally like every day I was getting so many, I mean, get so many new people asking to join because people who are interested in that space are naturally finding it. So your searchability is huge. Make sure the name is simple. Don't be, don't do some kind of fluffy, um, you know, uh, uh, name with silly words that are going to make it seem really cute, but not actually help search. Can make it simple. Almost clunky is good, if you see what I mean. Uh, that's helped me a lot too. Um, so that, that are the couple of things I would be focusing on. Go and get members through DMs. Go to other groups because you know that the like-minded, for want of a better phrase, of people uh, relevant to your group are going to be in there. Uh, make it searchable as well by URL and also by name too, okay? Uh, thumbs up if you're not in a group. Heart if you are in a group. We're interested to see uh, the, the actual responses on that. Uh, and we're talking about online groups today. So thank you very, everyone. Thank you very much, everyone who's uh, uh, submitted questions for that. And the notice, because I always give one about an event, is next week on Thursday. We have Entrepreneur Business Live LA, our first one in Los Angeles, hosted by uh, Patrick Ward. Also, we are working to support uh, a charity there called Covenant House. It's a really interesting uh, charity that works with um, victims of domestic violence and reuniting their, them with uh, pets that they've actually uh, lost through the kind of the difficult side of it. So it's a really great charity. Uh, we're also supporting Nir Ayal, amazing author. You may know him for books like Hooked. Um, his new book, um, Indistractable, there's actually five copies he's kindly donated that'll be given away at the event. So if you know anyone in LA, make sure you're going. It's a good idea to do that. And then two weeks on from that, Nadine Langlois, who's watching over on um, Facebook right now, hello to you. Uh, on the 5th uh, of December, we're hosting our final event of an amazing year uh, in Ottawa. So thank you very much in advance for doing that. And that'll be with Dan Willis uh, and also Sam Lister. Some of you on LinkedIn will probably know him well as uh, the guy running an amazing um, uh, video um, game right now at only age 21. So next question from Daniel Nunes. I'm going to double back on identifying partners. He's already asked this before, I presume. And sorry if I've not answered it. Identifying partners who will help you run. So as page administrator, the community and ways to create communities on LinkedIn. 
Look, it's the same as anyone who uh, is going to join your team. There needs to be a massive amount of trust and reliability. Um, Gurleen, who's over in Seattle, uh, is uh, one of the admins who helps, for instance, with my Facebook page, and she's allowed to post content on there. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I, I originally, I, I only opened up the opportunity to be an admin for my group to people in the group. Okay, I wanted someone who got it already, who was bought into the group to, to be involved. And what I was really clear on was that, um, you know, this, this is a, a role where it can help her develop and learn how to build communities. And she was really keen on that. She's got uh, the things I'm after. She's very intelligent. She uh, understands what we're trying to achieve with the posts. Um, but in addition to that, I um, never expect Daniel uh, that someone's going to take the reins and run the thing for me because they are never going to be as bought in as I am to my own group because it's not their group. So I'm always ready in case she can't post when she's due to. I'm always ready in case she can't follow through on any of the tasks, for example. Um, it's important, and it sounds cynical, but it's important with anything to have them really prove reliability to you. There have been other admins as well who've wanted to join in the past but haven't really continued um, uh, because they've had other things on. But what's really good is that she's had a level of consistency which is, you know, matched to what we're really after. So um, choosing people who are going to help you run a group is a, is a good idea to focus on those who are already sold, so in the group and keen. If no one's coming forward in the sense that no one's obvious, then probably you're not ready yet. We need people who are so bought in, they're always there. And people who really love kind of the journey you're on as well, who are maybe willing to uh, help out here and there. Unless you're willing to pay these people, if you're asking for them to volunteer, then you need to not give them too much to do. It needs to be something that's gonna help develop them, for example. So it's really like any other, um, you know, any other kind of uh, hiring of a team member. Someone who's bought in is far more effective, because you can teach them, than someone who uh, has the credentials, okay? Same as with sales teams. The best, one of the, one of the best salespeople who've worked for me in the past had zero sales experience. And I've hired people who had sales experience, but the difference was that this guy just was so bought in what, to what we were trying to do, and it's the same kind of thing. So try and identify that. Is this someone who loves your group? And personally, I wouldn't be firing a, an admin in there immediately you need to get a feel for your group first so that's something that might come after a bit of time uh, hopefully that helps Daniel it's a really good question same with building communities on LinkedIn if you're going to have your wingmen or wing people let's say uh, you need to make sure you've got the right people uh, helping out there too and that again stems from people who already bought into your mission so you know spend time on the pitch and then realize you'll realize after a while uh, who out there is actually really keen on you um, so it's a very important consideration and it's just that pre-qualifier before, how much do they love your stuff? Do they want to show up and, and be an admin in your group but actually never participate? They should be a regular contributor in some form because it means they actually care about the group. So that matters a bit. Uh, I hope that helps. Um, thanks, everyone, for jumping in here. Uh, wow, wow uh, Instagram's going well. So Leon Crodo, uh, Will Franklin Leadership, Dries Devinter, One, uh, Angelina Evans Leads, Brian's Arnold, HappyKidsAndMums.com, nice. Um, eight, uh, sorry, Cam H. Schmidt and Emmanuel Bass Mendy and so on and like hundreds of you lot. So nice to see you all here. And Brian Dorek, nice to see you uh, over from Miami. Thank you very much. Brian is going to be helping me host Miami 2020 in March, we're thinking, aren't we? Uh, slightly different format should be good fun, uh, possibly, uh, for Entrepreneur Business Live out there. 
Um, if you're watching live, put in hashtag team live and where you're watching from. If you're watching, obviously, the replay, it's hashtag team replay. And we're answering questions about online groups. So uh, anything you have to ask on that, do fire it in uh, here. So there's a, uh, I think a comment on um, LinkedIn just firing in from Rick Hogan. So many times I see so many people feeling so happy because they're meeting so many people. But the question I always have as a businessman, is there any money going into the bank account? You're so right. You're so right. And a lot of people who do online businesses consume their days with time spent engaging with people, but there's no pivoting. It doesn't have to happen with everyone, because you'll agree, Rick, that sometimes those people who you engage with become advocates, supporters, and part of the community. They're not necessarily going to buy from you, but it's intelligent to be looking out for where you pivot out. Otherwise, everyone's just in the friend zone. And you, as I say, the best word is consume. You can consume so much of your day um, just engaging with people, but not taking it anywhere. Ask yourself, like, to map back, like, where, where am I taking this? What's the point in it in the first place? If I'm doing something for commercial reasons, I should be using it for commercial reasons. So... With a group, I find, it's, it's like with content in general, I don't want to be throwing so many sale, cells down the line because otherwise people get, feeling, get the feeling they're spammed. It's community first, sell second. And really, a better descriptor of what I do in the group is community first, present offer should they want it second. And that, what I mean by should they want it is it's like, I'm putting food on the bird table, and if they want to buy them, if they want to eat, then that's fair enough, rather than ram it down their throat. Sure, there's the odd offer here and there, but um, you have to focus on building community and engagement if you ever want to leverage it out to, to generate any kind of sales from it. If you, the majority I've seen of people trying to use their group for monetization or commercializing, uh, they focus on trying to sell all day, every day. It's just not worth it, because everyone gets bored of that, and so it just becomes, uh, you know, you're spamming a group. And if you're looking at your posts, your content on a group, and there's no engagement at all, you're just doing it wrong. Simple as that. There should be meaningful comments every single time. That, that community-led approach, sorry, it's more work, but it's the way to do it, basically. Um, so uh, really important to understand it that way. Roxana Kruger, good to see you watching from Spain. Thank you very much. Uh, Diana Noyan, uh, um, howdy, Sir Richard. I need to learn about this. Okay, no problem. Anything you want, ask a question. Um, Celeste Rumert Riffen. Uh, I'm no longer on Facebook. No, but I think a lot of people are starting to leave. Two billion of active accounts. I don't think so. <laughs> I think a lot of them aren't active accounts. Um, look, this is applicable on, on LinkedIn as well. The groups, I think, uh, potentially might have a bit of a renaissance in the coming 18 months to two years. Mark my words. I think they probably will. Uh, next question um, from Tamika Sears. What's the best people to get... What, sorry, what's the best way to get great people into my group? We've already covered how to get people into the group with the question from Austin, but great people requires greater qualification. The more, uh, the higher quality you want, the more effort you have to put in. So it's more manual to begin with, okay? What I do have is a very searchable group, as I've already mentioned, Tamika. That means it comes up easily in search. It's designed for startups, SMBs, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. It's called the 
entrepreneur business group. There's an amazing group run by a guy called Gallant Dill called the Entrepreneur Lifestyle Group, for instance. Mine's Entrepreneur Business Group because I wanted it to be really clearly on that. By having the URL and by having it hashtagged and focused on those things, what happens is you end up with um, a rich seam of people, as I say, coming into you. But in order to get into the closed group, you have to answer three questions. And I put it in big capital letters. If you don't answer the questions properly, you don't get in. So those people who like just go dot, 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 or yes, 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 or okay, 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 are just like, fine, you're not that bothered, so you don't get in. Those that try hard to get into the group, they allowed in. So if you're a, a profile that wasn't started today, and wow, it's such a giveaway, like people who start the profile literally today, the fake ones, and then they try, <laughs> then they try and join this group, it's like, wow, you've updated your profile three times a day to, to make it look like there's content. It's all the tricks and you started today on Facebook, you're not gonna get in. If you're a company, you're not gonna get in. If you write, I love the honesty of people as well, if you write in the comments, uh, you know, what, what do you wanna get out? The question is, what do you wanna get out of the Entrepreneur Business Group? You write in, I'm looking for leads on my affiliate uh, sales uh, company. It's like, you don't get in. What we're looking for is genuine people who want to learn and want to help and who are doing a, running a business. And you know, what I'm looking out for is, started on Facebook in 2011, started on Facebook in 2008, and is a real person that uses Facebook normally because, and then answers the questions with meaningful answers. I think that's reasonable. And what happens, stunning, honestly, I would say easily 60%, probably more towards 70% of all of the applications to join the group are declined because people just wanna spam the groups or they want to try and sell to the groups, or they're not that bought in. So getting great people, Tamika, starts with giving, having some pre-qualification in the way. It's close, you can't just join. You have to answer questions, so you have to want it enough. And it's interesting that because you can just tell, I can spot a mile off, and every single person, even though there's other, other admins for my group, every single person allowed in the group is I am manually, myself, vetting and deciding whether or not they go in against my rules. So if you're a company, no. If you are uh, look like a spammy profile, no. Sure, I might make the odd mistake, but I tend to not. If you are clearly trying to game the group, no. And there's zero tolerance. Someone comes in, they, they want to put out, um, you know, want to spam everyone with their links. They're just killed instantly, okay? So I have that kind of quality thing in there, uh, and I think it's a good idea. Just a few little um, barriers to entry. And you do find that um, it's enough to turn people off. So you're only allowed through the door if you are, you know, if you have actually tried hard to get in. So you've actually answered the questions because you care enough to want to be in there. You know, it's a giveaway when someone's part of 508 groups <laughs> because you know they're like, well, it's like, why are you in so many groups? And often these people are just going to spam them all with links as well. So that's one way of doing it. And I'm constantly looking, you know, who's really bothered and maybe those people need to move on, for instance. If you're doing a smaller group, Tamika, um, which I did a while back, um, for instance, if it's say 30 people or 80 people, you can have, uh, you can focus on contributions. So you can say, if you don't engage in the group, then what happens is, say after 60 days, if you've not been engaging, then you're gone. We'll take you out. And I've done this before and I've said, you know, if no one is, if no one responds to the posts, uh, any of the posts in the next two weeks, 
um, then they'll go. And usually people are like, I'm here, don't worry, I'm going to stay in. And those that don't respond weren't bothered in the group anyway. So it's, it's about keeping the people in there at a high percentage of contributors. Uh, that's something you could do as well, especially with the smaller ones. And with the smaller groups, if you're doing that right at the start, you'll find that you're getting good engagement, so it encourages people when they join in to engage as well. The more people engage, the more people engage. That's the way to do it, okay? So um, that's a really good question, uh, uh, how to get them into, great people into a group. But those, those early questions are a good idea. So we're talking today about uh, building online groups. So share a question if you have one. Uh, Tan Noyan over, <laughs> over, I think that's how you say your surname, over on um, LinkedIn. 508 is overkill, I know. But there are people who use a profile, for instance, on, link, on, on uh, Facebook, Tan, to literally generate a post such as, you know, some, whatever it might be, a spammy post, and then they'll just spend the day spamming every single group. Or they'll go to group, or they'll go to people's profiles. I see this all the time. I had a profile, uh, sorry, I had a post um, on Saturday, that's like, it's, it's gone through like 15,000 views and like, so like 200 people, 200 people have commented on it. You get people in those comments who will spam them with links. Cause I think in here's where lots of engagement is. So you gotta watch out for the hangers on, I suppose. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Simon Buckton has said, uh, no questions for LinkedIn groups. You can ask questions about LinkedIn groups if you like. What's interesting is a lot of the theory carries across. And like I said at the top of this, for some of you who weren't watching, the thing is, if you are, <laughs> it's crazy, if you do a group right, if you make it interesting enough that people want to show up, then you can have it any way you like, because people will do it. Uh, and I, I think that's the key to getting it right in LinkedIn. But as for fa you know, it being found, uh, I don't think culturally people are doing it as much as they might, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, so I hope that helps. Uh, next question from Krista Moulion. Moulion? Moulion. I never say your name right. Uh, um, over in LA. How to get more engagement in your group? You're not in LA. You're in San Francisco, aren't you? How to get more engagement in your group is always the go-to question. This is, this is one of the simplest answers. If you want engagement in your group, you have to deserve it. That's it. You have to deserve it. And I think it's, it's amazing. Like There have been peaks and troughs over the years uh, with my group. And I get engagement when I deserve it. Some posts get no engagement at all. They get no engagement at all. And the reason they get no engagement is because the posts aren't good enough. And I know that everyone's watching. And I know that everyone's watching because when I do a post that does work, everyone's there. <laughs> good examples being um, best answer in the comments gets $50. You tend to get plenty of people showing up. So they're all there watching, but if your posts are no good, people won't bother. So the best way to get engagement in the group is to also map back from what group members are gonna want to hear. So managing expectations, like what are they here for? The, it's not necessarily what's easiest to do, it's what's most effective. And I see it all the time, people get into groups for motivation and for being in a like-minded community and so on. And if, you, if you're the kind of group owner or admin who spams your group with cute quotes, phrases, and memes all day long, it works for the first 16 minutes. And everyone gets bored of it after a while, because it's like, yeah, it's the same old stuff. And it's just like, this. even if it's high-end motivation, it's like, boring, I don't want more pictures of Lamborghinis, I need something practical and useful. I genuinely believe that being practical and useful um, is far more effective. And sure, some people just need motivation all the time, but really, all day, every day in a group, do they actually need content like that? 
I feel switching it up helps. So for instance, recently um, uh, I give group members the opportunity to jump onto the live stream and they can go live for a minute or two and share a piece of advice or a tip or something like that. But what I'm doing is every day is either myself or Golene, the admin, is, is making sure that there is content there that is stimulating conversation. If it doesn't do that, if it's just a flex about how great I am, that's not going to do anything. It needs to be uh, very, very focused on trying to generate uh, conversation that helps build a community and helps build engagement. Because it's a wonderful thing when you see um, a group of people who are helping each other out. So when people write something, then someone else says, oh, that's helpful. Could you help me with this? And then you watch these really great opportunities flourish. That's kind of what a group should be about, in my opinion. So they're kind of helping each other and you are hosting the party. You're like the conductor of the orchestra, throwing down things that kind of direct them all. If you don't show up for it literally every day, the momentum drops off a cliff. Honestly, it's just, it's crazy. If I didn't post for two days on my group, you know, it, it would fall away completely. It's cr you have to be doing something every day on it. So if you think about joining, about building a group, it is really uh, quite a commitment. And to get engagement, uh, or more engagement, ask questions that, or, or, or pose questions or stimulate discussions so that people are going to answer something or put their opinion forward. Because then more people will jump in. So maybe be more provocative but, or whatever it might be. But try and be useful in some form to start a stimu or stimulate a conversation. Otherwise you end up with just wallpaper. Your content's just wallpaper, okay? Involving the group as well. So plenty of polls and, um, you know, interactivity. So I'm using all different types of media. There'll be uh, images, there'll be lists of ideas, there'll be video, there'll be live stream, there'll be, as I say, polls and things like that, giveaways, competitions, things like that. It's, it's running a party. You're doing it every day. Okay, so that's a, a good question. Thank you for that. And uh, next up was uh, Sharon Falk from New Jersey, who I saw at Entrepreneur Business Live uh, earlier this year. So thank you for your question. The ever popular boost a post versus Facebook ads, which is better and why? Has nothing to do with groups, <laughs> Sharon, uh, unless you're talking about using uh, Facebook ads or boosted posts to promote your group. I don't know. Um, I think maybe, uh, but it doesn't matter. So your question is an interesting one. In my opinion, if you just to answer this, if you're going to use Facebook ads or, or boost a post, just to explain what this is, on Facebook, if you write a post and it, you want it to be boosted, so pay money for it to target a certain audience, you can boost it. Same on Instagram, because it's owned by Facebook, it uses the same engine. Or you can run an ad, which is a far more robust approach. You can see where my answers are going. I would always run an ad. If I'm gonna put money against a piece of content to drive it out to the right people, I wanna use an ad because I have far more options, it's way more advanced, and I have more control and clarity about where my money is going. So it makes far more sense to do it that way, in my opinion. Um, boosting, I'm not saying it's lazy, but if you just hit boost, you can only do so many things with it. And I think with ad sets, you can do far, far more. Um, you can be more penetrative, you can uh, make better decisions, and you can see the results better, real insights as to how the ads are working, and then learn nowhere to pivot and or you know switch the ad off or make a slightly better version of it. So I would always use Facebook ads. Would I use it, I'm making my own question up, would I use it to promote a Facebook group? I uh, haven't. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it if you wanted to aggressively grow. It's probably something I might do in the future, actually. Uh, but I found that organically it's grown really well as it is. So um, I haven't at this stage. But thank you very much for the question. Next is Bob Lowe. 
uh, from Kuala Lumpur. How do I determine a good niche or topic to start an online group? It's a good question. I think it was on Friday. I, I released a post on LinkedIn about choosing your niche. And usually the way to look at it is that you're probably not going to be perfectly right. Okay, so kind of pick something. It seems vague, but it's not. Kind of pick something that's probably right to begin with. And once you pick something that's probably right to begin with, as in a niche you think you're probably good at writing about or focusing on, that's probably your good start point and learn that you're going to pivot and change and evolve from there. Within two weeks, you might be editing and slightly tweaking it because you get a feel for what's going to really, really be right for you. Um, but the other thing I was going to say was on, on Friday, I think it was last week, I posted this piece of content about how to identify what your niche is. Another way to look at it isn't just the targeted uh, set of people and the kind of industry you're in, but it's also the problem you solve. What's the problem you're solving? And if you think about what the problem is that you're solving, Bob, um, if you marry that with the demographic that you think is about right. So, for instance, I was speaking to someone earlier today who's like, here's the problem I solve. And my demographic is I think it was women in their 20s. If you marry the two together, you have a, you have not just the target people you're you're kind of helping out. But in addition, you have the problem you're trying to solve from them. So if you weave the solution to that problem into all of your content, then what you're doing is you're constantly helping them solve the issue of their day. So as one way of doing it, um, uh, I think you can determine your niche. And another way to do it is to like, what are you into? Because that's probably what you should be uh, focused on. If you think there's a trend right now for Forex trading groups and you don't do foreign exchange trading, well, I wouldn't join it. I wouldn't start a Forex trading group. This is why so many idiots lost money in the Bitcoin uh, thing a couple of years ago. It was about two, it was two years ago uh, in December when it went it hit like almost $20,000 because everyone wanted, to, everyone wanted loads of cash. So when Bitcoin started making lots of, lots of money for people who knew what they were doing, those who didn't know what they were doing saw it and like ran like sheep after it. And of course, a lot of people were stung. I, I heard horror stories of people who were, had actually mortgaged their houses, maxed out credit cards, and then of course went were screwed because they didn't know what they were doing. So it makes sense to not try and run at something you don't know, even if it feels like it's trending. Do the thing you understand well. I worked with, I'm working with business because it's my utter hobby and passion. It's the thing I'm really into doing. Plus I've had a lot of experience over the years because most of my career was in that space as well. So um, choose the thing you probably know a decent amount about. Choose the demographic for whom you want to target the group. Uh, but also think about the problem that you're going to solve for them. And with those three things together, you really probably can't go far wrong. Within six months, not seven minutes, but within six months, you'll probably have a sense of where you might need to pivot it or slightly tweak it. Maybe make it a little broader or in fact niche down further because you've found some things out or, or um, maybe you've, you've learned some insights um, uh, just simply from the vibe from back from the market from the content you produce. So that's one way of looking at it, in my opinion. Uh, let's go to some of the, the questions here on LinkedIn. Great to see so many people watching. And by the way, if you're not in a group, Facebook, LinkedIn, or whatever, give me a thumbs up. If you are in a group, give me a heart. Also, why don't you write in, in any of these platforms, so Instagram, Facebook, or, or on the podcast if you're listening, or on LinkedIn, write the best group you're in, because we could check them out there as well. What's the best group you're in? Put that in the comments. Uh, John Bishop, do you have a calendar or strategy of things you're going to post, etc.? Kinda. So what I have in my Facebook group is 
um, each day of the week, information down each day of the week of uh, the type of post we're putting out, and loosely we stick to it, but not always, because for instance, on Thursday next week, we'll be going, Patrick Ward, who's hosting Entrepreneur Business Live Los Angeles, will be going live from Los Angeles. That will be the main post of the day. So it won't necessarily correlate with, uh, I can't remember what Thursday is. I don't, I think it might be like a sales tip, for instance. But, um, you know, so we're not always that rigid, but we do have a general sense of what type of post or rather what, what theme or piece of content we'll have each day of the week. It's good because then people know what's coming up. And you never know, some things might become a bit of a kind of a cultural icon for the, for the group. It might be, oh, I can't wait for the Tuesday super tip that you put out, for instance. It might become a thing. So something like that's quite a good idea, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I think you should try something like that. Um, Dan Noyan also on, on Facebook says, um, Boosted, uh, talking about Facebook ads or Boosted posts, usually puts it out to a large audience, not necessarily your target audience, I believe. I agree with you. And because it's it's a larger audience, but the problem is you can't you can't get the the kind of the granular detail on who you're sending it to. Um, you know, with a Facebook ads, I can target um, housewives in Atlanta who have a certain net worth and a certain income who have interest in. 80s nostalgia, for instance, like that's crazy that I can do that. And the boosting post, you don't get that kind of robust level of, of work, if that makes sense. Uh, Daniel Nunes has, uh, has said on Facebook here, uh, stick with what you know, basically, yeah. And Daniel said, I'm not certain if I'm part of your LinkedIn group. No. Uh, so I had, a, a, I was part of a LinkedIn group I helped build several years ago, which was to do with a, a business I was part of. I currently am not running a LinkedIn group. I'm sticking with my entrepreneur business group. And what's fascinating is because um, LinkedIn's going well, I'm migrating people in. And since watching this live, since doing this live stream in the stream in the past 41 minutes, I've seen notifications coming in for people joining my entrepreneur business group. It's no coincidence, probably it's people from say LinkedIn or wherever else going, ah, and then joining the group. So my, my, my response to that is stop joining my group and watch the live stream, do it afterwards, okay? <laughs> um, okay, next question. Char, and Char Auckland has said, yes, within six months, not seven minutes. It's right though. Don't just pivot because nothing's working. Play it out for a bit and see how that goes, okay? A uh, couple more questions to finish up. So uh, Austin Lang also asked a second question. Should your Facebook group content be exclusive than content posted elsewhere? I feel yes, it should. I experimented with this for a while, uh, some time ago, like three years ago, where I was posting, I would post on my page and I'd post on my group. And I got traction on both because some people weren't really following me and plenty of people weren't connected to me, remember, who were on my group. But I felt like I was just kind of spamming my group as, as it wasn't like, like I said earlier, you get out what you put in, right? You get out what you deserve. By not producing um, uh, content specifically for that group, I wasn't getting as much engagement as I must, uh, as I might. The content pretty much across my platforms is unique. There are plenty of instances, at least a couple of times each week, where a piece of content on one will be used elsewhere as well because it fits, you know, there'll be um, uh, uh, the latest post on Instagram, for example, was also on um, LinkedIn a few months ago. So there's nothing wrong a few, few weeks ago. There's nothing wrong with that at all. 
if it fits the platform but but otherwise give some exclusivity otherwise maybe people should just be following your profile plus if you're going to do the same content why are you bothering you know why don't you bin off the group or bin off your profile just focus on one it's more work but you get out what you put in and i think that you know you can't run a poll for instance on a facebook profile but you can run it in a group so all these kind of things really make sense um, I, I, I would say it's worth the extra little bit of work. Uh, over on Instagram, Mirav Levine has asked, do you bump out lurkers? I did on my, on, on the second group I used to run, uh, which was much smaller, like 40 people or so, uh, I did. And I was, this is what I said earlier, I don't think you were watching at that point, but what I said earlier was um, I would post, if the, you know, please respond to this post and I would pin it, uh, if you want to stay in the group, I'm clearing it out because I want to keep it rich with people who are engaging. If you don't um, respond in the next two weeks or by the end of the month, then I'll, I'll, I'll move you out of the group. And it's amazing that no one ever came back and went, hey, you kicked me out of the group because they weren't interested in the first place. And a lot of people get excited when they see a group and they join it and think, oh, this will give me all my success. But actually what makes sense is to for them to think about it first. Not everyone does. So what I what I do is I help them along. And no one has a problem with it because if they're not bothered anyway, they'll go. And if they were, then they engage. So, But I don't do it now because I've got over 4,000. And I know there's plenty of people who don't even remember that they're in the Entrepreneur Business Group. Um, but to be honest, it's a little bit too high a number of people for me to um, to be culling. I'd love it if, if um, Facebook could say, by the way, Richard, as a tool, here are 617 people who haven't engaged in your group or even been in it for the last two years. Do you want to kill them? And I would be like, as in digitally, I'd be like, yes, no problem. So that would work for me. Uh, but it's a little bit too big a group at this point now. Uh, Sushi Disbanded, thank you very much for your comment. Love your consistency in showing up and providing value, Richard. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the group has to be every day, just like these live streams every single week. And um, my favorite person this, this afternoon is Daniel Nunes, who's added uh, the best Facebook group is Entrepreneur Business Group. You should join it. It's very good. Okay, I think that's it. I was one, ask, one more question from Ian Tisker, who's asked a second. When setting up a new group and pulling people in, is it better to start posts at a long copy, weekly pace, until the group and myself have some momentum to get to daily? No, I don't think it is. I think that people, you know, unless you have a very unique scenario where it's something like a group where you post once at the, on Monday and that post on a Monday is a challenge for the week and people have to respond in the week in the thread and then the next Monday you have another post. That's a very unique scenario. Other than that, no, you're running a group. You have to feed them. So every day you need to be putting out posts and long copy is potentially dangerous. You need to Warm them up first. Shorter copy makes a lot more sense to, you know, to get people warmed up to want to join. It's no coincidence that the people who watch my live stream tend to be the ones who have always watched my stuff because it's an hour. <laughs> and, and someone who's just passing through doesn't know me isn't going to sit through an hour unless I'm super compelling. It doesn't always happen. Um, but it makes more sense to start small to give people plenty of things to get into. If you want to build momentum and your group's got nothing in it, and it's not posting regularly, well, that's not very compelling for an audience member. So my advice here, Ian, is don't think about what's effective or efficient for you. Think about what's, what is effective for the audience member. What do they want? Do they want you to not do much work or do they want to have an, uh, you know, a, an engaging experience in your group? 
it will be the latter, so you probably have to do a bit more work, I'm sorry. That's why you have to consider hard if you're gonna do this, because it's a commitment. You need to show, so, so, show, sorry, show something every day, and ideally more than that, uh, but there should be something every day, otherwise people don't become naturalized or conditioned to being in your group. And they don't become naturalized to being in a group because there's no point, there's no reason to show up. So hopefully that helps a bit. Uh, thank you so much, everyone who's been watching. Uh, great to see so many people watching on LinkedIn. Uh, next week, Thursday, Entrepreneur Business Live LA. Anyone you know in LA, tell them about this. Patrick Ward is hosting the superstar um, from Words With Ward. You should check him out, he's big on LinkedIn. Uh, Andrew Helms, who is epic with videos. Really, like, I love his skits on LinkedIn video. Uh, he's also here on Facebook as well. Um, uh, from Feral Flicks will be uh, speaking, and also Travis Chambers, who's just a god of video marketing. They're talking about uh, communicating your brand. We're supporting Nir Ayal himself uh, with his book, his new book, Indistractable. He's giving away five copies at the event, and we're supporting Covenant House, which is a local charity, uh, the California chapter, if you like, we're supporting, that helps with um, victims of domestic violence, a 10 uh, and their pets, uh, $10 for every attendee in the room uh, next Thursday will be going to that charity. So thank you very much. Hosted at WeWork La Brea in Hollywood uh, for the last US Entrepreneur Business Live of the Year. That's next week on the, on the, on the uh, Thursday. Do I help people in the US, says Tablankit. Uh, uh, yes, I feel I do. Uh, actually, 70% of my audience and clients are, are over there. So uh, uh, if you need a hand, let me know. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Cheerio, uh, Instagram. Thank you for listening on the podcast. And see you on later on, the, on IGTV if you want the replay. 